And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are here with you every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and a special edition of Tell Me Your Story on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. on this fine station, streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com, and we are uh, on podcasts as well, all over the I was going to say all over the universe, but uh, I'm not sure it goes out that far. But, hey, you never know. It's all over the world on the Internet, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations that you're reposting us to. And thank you for doing that. We're now on YouTube. That's right. Go to YouTube. We have channels on SoundCloud and on YouTube. YouTube will show you the video of this program where you can watch these programs. And I hope you enjoy those as well. And uh, we are uh, also uh, providing you with an opportunity to get in touch with our guest. We'll be giving you her website. That's right, her website today. We'll be talking uh, with our guest in just a moment so that you can continue your evolutionary process. We also encourage you if... um, you are of a mind to do so. If the programs resonate with you, the subject matter that we talk about um, really intrigues you and you want to be a part of what we are doing, then uh, if you can do so, financially support us through a PayPal account that I have set up. And that is for your security as well as ours. I, I use them as my middleman so that I can track things when things don't go the way they're supposed to. Boom. I'm right there. I can see what's happening and going. I even had somebody try to... Uh, I don't know why, but they tried to uh, subscribe to the uh, Amazon Audible service through, uh, through PayPal on my account. Fortunately, I didn't have enough in that particular account to cover it, so it was declined, but it was still a warning. So uh, keep, uh, keep in mind that those kinds of things are kind of nice to have. We also ask you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we ask you to go within, spend time uh, listening to that still small voice and finding that quiet, peaceful, calm place where You can get the guidance and the inspiration that you so desperately need. We all do. And I say desperately in a a kind uh, and gentle way because we're always looking for answers. Uh, That's one of the reasons we do these programs, because I'd like to think that our guests do have answers. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I'm always trusting my intuition to guide me throughout the the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, and the years. Um, And I have to tell you, I've never been steered wrong. And when I don't listen, boy, I I find that out real fast. And there are times when I'm asked to do something, I'm prompted to do something. And it goes against my ego personality grain. But I do it anyway. And then I look back and go, wow. Wow. Boy, am I glad I did that, because if I hadn't, it would have been a whole lot worse. So keep that in mind. As we uh, talk today with our very special guest, who is returning to our uh, screen and our microphones, as it were, via Zoom, uh, Janine Sisko meth she is going to share with us, of course, from her work as well as her book, uh, Bullyproof Yourself. Uh, welcome back to the program. It is just a pleasure to have you back again to continue this conversation, because I suppose, unfortunately, but fortunately for you on the one level, it's still going on in many instances. Uh, Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me here today, Richard. I appreciate it. One of the biggest bullies that we deal with on a constant basis uh, is our own internal bully, that that ego mind, if you will, or as they say, the monkey mind, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And there's so many times that we... 
you know, say things to ourselves that we would never dream of saying to someone else. And it's just, it's not a good thing. We need to start learning how to stop or tame that internal bully. Now, when you first dove into this subject, uh, where were you on that scale of one to 10 in regards to uh, the importance or unimportance of um, even being concerned about it? Because, you know, I've heard this time and time again from people. Oh, come on. You know, especially in school. Hey, it helps build character. Come on, Janine. Jean. Jeannie. <laughs> Jeannie. Help me. <laughs> so um, there is enough struggle in life without me having to add to it for my children to build character. And it's not something that needs to be perpetuated just to add stress. Our kids nowadays are not going through the same things that you and I went through when we were younger. Life has sped up so much through technology and what's going on. And plus the, the fear that is being driven and perpetuated even on young kids now through school. And it's just, it's so um, anxiety and depression and suicide has increased astronomically over the last year and a half due to, I believe, the fear that is just being pushed so readily through our schools and our communities. Now, that fear, is that fear, shall we say, uh, pandemic-based? Yes, it is. Okay. You cannot go anywhere and get away from it. You're constantly being told you're in danger. You're constantly being told, stay away from people. You're constantly being told to shield yourself, to protect yourself. We are people that need people. That's how we function is we're with other people. And we have so isolated, well, not everybody, but a huge chunk of our population has isolated themselves. The other day I went to Einstein's Bagels with my family, one of my favorite places to eat. Mm -hmm. And as I approached the counter, the lady behind the counter backed way up you know, as far away from me as she could get. And, and at first I was like, do I stink? What's wrong? You know, <laughs> and I took it personal. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, hold on. She's afraid of me, literally afraid of me. That is a really bad place to come through in our society. But is it that she was afraid of you or afraid of what you might be carrying? Both. But it well, still becomes, that's a good it distinction. Still becomes personal. Yeah, that's a good distinction. And you have to separate the two because the initial reaction is she's afraid of me. And then as I thought through it and processed it, I'm like, wait a minute, she's been told to fear what I might be carrying, just like you said. So, but sometimes in the moment, you don't stop and process that and pull it apart, which most people don't. Yeah. I was invited to an event uh, in, uh, in Phoenix, and I thought, okay, this would be kind of cool. So I made arrangements, and uh, uh, everything was going along just fine. <clears throat> and I finally was able to text them back saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be there. It's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun. The next text that came back was, um, have you been vaccinated? You know, it's like, well, I've had my, sh I had my rabies shots. I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> and my wife had a very adverse reaction. Um, she's very protective of me in that regard. Doesn't like it when, you know, people 
say things of a derogatory nature. And she kind of felt that that's what that was. Yeah. And I, I tried to let her know, look, they're just trying to I mean, everybody apparently at the gathering is vaccinated. And there are even some elderly folks in their in their late 80s that are going to be there. Uh, but they've been vaccinated. And um, so I responded to the EA text uh, saying that I have not, as of this point, been vaccinated. Uh, so if you want me to wear a mask, I mean, I don't have a problem with that because I wear one here. <clears throat> and um, they said that would be great if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we'd appreciate that. And of course, again, uh, you know, the wife is concerned about that. The, just the attitude. Oh, what are the? You know, oh, everybody's so protective. And you know, and, and I didn't. I didn't pursue that. But it's it, it, that is what's out there today, mm-hmm. and the perception on the part of the person who is being, shall we say, scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that they're being bullied and pressured. And we see this across the country mm-hmm. uh, with people who are fighting the the mandates and the suggestions and the instructions uh, to, as, as I came up with early on in the pandemic, I said, <clears throat> you need to wash up, mask up, step back. Okay? Wash up, mask up, step back. I mean, that was just my slogan. That was a mantra. Because I thought it was the right thing to do. And I'll tell you what. If there was no COVID and it was the regular influenza, which we have shots for, I'd say the same thing. You know, it's like, why can't we do that when the flu hits? Do that for a couple of weeks. Guess what? And I have heard it said, I don't know if you've heard this or not, that the cases of the flu, the influenza, are way, way down this year. Now, I don't know if that's accurate. That's what I've heard on some some reports uh and it's because of what we've been doing for the pandemic yeah uh and it's like do you see folks what we are accomplishing we're not getting the flu we're trying to prevent getting the coronavirus but with all of that being said what you experienced is sort of the almost kind of like the backlash isn't it mm-hmm. yeah and and I absolutely agree with washing your hands. You mm. know, it was it was really funny. Um, probably about three weeks into the pandemic, one of my friends says, "Now that we have everybody washing their hands, blinkers are next." <laughs> you know, Thank turn you. indicators yes. are next. Yes, and yes. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's that you know things that we've been told for all of our life. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, don't put your hands in your mouth. Don't, you know, all those things that now people feel the need to follow. And you can notice many diseases are down. Mm-hmm. However, because of the isolation and the breathing in of your own air, um, other things are up. So I am a childhood cancer survivor. Um, I, had, <clears throat> I had a lung cancer when I was 10 months old. And I also have asthma. And so for me to wear a mask is very detrimental to my health. Mm -hmm. And so I try very frequently to not wear one. When I go into places that require me to wear one, I say, hey, I am medically exempt. Some places say, no, you still have to wear one. And I Mm -hmm. say, thank you very much. And I leave Mm -hmm. and I don't go there. Um, Well, the other aspect, and we won't spend too much time on this. This is sort of a sidebar, but I think it's still important to discuss. And that is that there are um, there are public. I shouldn't I should say there are um, places where the public goes 
into what are private businesses, restaurants, retail stores, etc. And they have had for I don't know how many decades, if not an actual sign, the general policy is no shoes, no shirt, no service. Well, right now, no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. And they have every right to do that. Uh, and uh, if you don't like it, then go somewhere else or eat at home. Or right. if you need whatever it is you need at the convenience store, make it at home. Or, you know, I mean, either either help us. OK, don't hurt us. Um, and I'll go down this this one final path here. In our founding documents, it says that um, uh, we, the people, in order to form a more per more perfect union, uh, establish justice, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, our children, our children's children, our children's children's children, and on and on and on. And those last two lines there uh, are, they seem to be diametrically opposed to the First Amendment, that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, to whomever I want, doesn't matter, because I have the constitutional right to do that. I'm an individual. And you can't take but that no, away from me. No, that's not true. You don't have the right to, your rights end where mine begin. True. But where is that line? And it's like, and who gets to draw the line? Yeah, that's the that's that, the big challenge. But yeah. my point is, what is more important? You if you haven't had children, but you want to create a family or you have children, you have a family. Do you want them to have kids, too? Then why don't you help us? You're uh, and I put it this way, uh, uh, Jenny. Uh, my First Amendment or constitutional rights as an individual, I are not being taken away. By putting on the mask, washing my hands, and staying six feet apart, I'm exercising them. I care about my community. I want to promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to, to myself and to our, our posterity. Even though I don't have kids, I don't want other kids to die. I was going to visit my folks, but they said no, and I understood that. I don't want to be responsible for the demise of my parents because I was selfish and I wanted to see them, you know? There will be a time when I'll be able to do that. So anyway, but that's kind of the core of where the, this bullying is going on. And we see it on the Internet, too. I, I, I'm a subscriber to LinkedIn. I think you are, too. And I was posting, I was reporting people who were posting stuff that really had no business on LinkedIn. I stopped doing that. I thought, this is ridiculous. I just stopped following the individual. So... Um, but, but that's a form of bullying as well. Even if they're not attacking anyone in particular, they're saying, I'm not going to do this because, and they'll maybe some conspiracy theories and this and that and the other thing. But that's still a form of bullying, isn't it? But it's in more of a, a general sense. It's not on an individual basis. Well, there's bullying is defined as trying to intimidate or control someone else for your own gain. That's what bullying is. And so right now, in my opinion, we have a lot of bullying going on, you know, mm -hmm. and because of the conflicting results on whether the vaccine works or not, you know, my question would be, if everybody in the room is vaccinated, why do I have to wear a mask? Mm -hmm. 
you know, or if everybody, if I'm wearing a mask, should you need to wear a mask? Yeah. So there's so many questions and, and the problem comes in, in what is true and what isn't true. There is so much false information on both sides. Yeah. You know, masks work, masks don't work. Wear your mask all day. Nope, don't wear it over two hours. Yeah. You know, vaccine works. No, it doesn't work. You have to get two shots and you still have to wear your mask. So there's so much misinformation that right now, as an American citizen, I believe it is absolutely our responsibility to seek out the truth and to let people know what we believe the truth is. GeniusCiscoMeth.com is one of the websites. Another is BullyProofU, uh, and that's um, a, a website you can go to to find out more about uh, the work there on Facebook as well. And also BullyProofingU, and that's the letter U.com. So there's BullyProofingU, Y-O-U.com, and bullyproofing. Bullyproofing you, the letter U dot com. Um, so I'm going to go down this uh, this I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. What's the difference between those two websites? <laughs> okay, the Bullyproofing You for the university houses my podcast, ah. and then Bullyproofing You you is the title of the book, mm-hmm. and it has more information about the book. And then I also have a place where you can purchase the book, which is bullyproofingyoubook.com. Excellent. And, of course, you're on all of the social media sites. Yes, correct. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram yeah. and so forth. Um, now, when you, you talk about bullyproofing you, I think about, okay, we, we need to put up the shields. We need to put up the protective whatever it is. And there are people <clears throat> who have done that, but they've done it in more of a physiological way by putting on all kinds of weight. And we have mm-hmm. obesity in this country that, you know, mm-hmm. you can lay, you can say, well, yeah, but that's the food industry's fault because da da da. No, no, no. A lot of people will put on that weight again as a protective shield. Mm-hmm. Now, I've even thought, what if we got those inflatable big balls? You've seen these people playing uh, games uh, in in these arenas with these big inflated balls. Why don't we get some of those? And and then I'm perfectly protected. And I can even I can even run up to someone who's bullying me and I can, so to speak, I can bump them and they roll away. Boy, wouldn't that be great if we could just do that? But we're here as a community. So how do we protect ourselves? How do we bully proof ourselves? What are some of the first steps? Yeah, the first step is believing in me. I build up my personal value and I know that I have intrinsic value. The problem comes when we allow other people to define who we are. So we accept that label that somebody else sticks on us instead of knowing what our labels are. You know, and I I just did a training the other day where you put the name on and you write a label that somebody has stuck on you. Guess what? If somebody's put a label on you that you don't like, you can peel it off. It doesn't have to stick. The problem is, is somebody that we view as more popular than us sticks a label on us that is demeaning and we leave it there and we start to believe it. Mm. That's where it comes from. So stop that. (laughs) Stop it. Start believing in yourself. There's a great childhood. um, um, Oh, what is it? uh, uh, A phrase, if you will, is I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. (laughs) Right. I've heard that. Okay. Uh, and I, I like that. Uh, and, and that would be a great exercise if we were to uh, 
if we could remember, if, if we choose to, and I know this is a hard one for f- folks, but if we could remember some of the things that people said about us, just like you're saying, and l- literally write them down on these, uh, you know, sticky name tags, okay, and then kind of stick them all over ourselves for the moments, mm-hmm. maybe stand in front of a mirror, and then I am not <clears throat> rip and rip yeah. and rip and rip as a symbolic gesture to self. Right. And then you get the name tags and you write what you want to be on it. Mm -hmm. I'm smart. I am intelligent. I love the people. I'm kind. I'm forgiving of myself and others. I'm a world-class speaker. I'm a business owner, whatever you want. And you start labeling yourself with the things that you want to be. And many times already are, you just don't see it. Jeannie Sisko Meths, my guest. Her book is Bullyproofing You and uh, bullyproofingyou.com, bullyproofingyoubook.com as well. Um, she's all over social media, as we mentioned just a few moments ago. Um, for those who are joining us for the first time, because you've been on before, at least I think this is your third uh, visit to our program, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, for those who haven't, and I don't know why you haven't listened to them yet, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to bully you into listening. You know, it's your choice, okay? But you're missing out, okay? I'm hoping, I, and I, please help me here, uh, Jeannie. I don't want to bully anybody. I don't want to pressure anybody into doing what they don't want to do, okay? So if you haven't listened to it, that's fine. They're available to you. Come at your leisure. What was it that you faced? I mean, you started out in life with conditions, as you described earlier, lung cancer and so forth, and asthma that set you apart from the other kids, uh, made you different. Uh, Was it that kind of situation that as you grew older into your teens and 20s and so forth, you said, you know, I got to I got to do something about this. Yeah. So in elementary school, because of my learning disabilities, they told me that I was too stupid, that I would never graduate. I would never make it through school. And I'm a little bit stubborn. (laughs) And so I was like, I will. You don't decide what I do. I decide what I do. And as I've gotten older, I realized that life happens for me, not to me. And so those things that they said were perfect to me. They gave me a choice. Do I cave in and live by their rules or do I step forward and live by my rules? I was speaking with one of my personal mentoring clients the other day, and I said, the absolute worst thing that you can do is take all of the effort and gumption and courage that it takes to climb the ladder to success and realize that it's against the wrong building. (laughs) Ah, That's not good. That's not good. And so often because we want to fit in, we want to be popular, we want to be loved, we climb the ladder to the wrong building. Mm. And then we get there and we're like, well, this sucks. <laughs> why, why am I here? Yeah. And so the important thing is to pay attention to what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you love to do? And then have the courage to go do it because nothing worth having comes easily. Would you say that, and they don't do this I don't think they do these much anymore, but they used to be televised. Um, These celebrity roasts that they used to do. Now, this is going back to 
a lot of, of people who um, have probably passed on by now. But then again, they also did this, I think it was on um, MTV uh, in the past couple of three decades. They, they, they would roast certain celebrities. Um, they, they, the person being roasted knows going in that they're going to be made fun of. Okay? Because that's what a roast is about. Okay. But what do you think about something like that? Does that send the wrong message to the public and especially maybe to kids uh, watching that it's okay to poke fun? Even if you say, hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing around because you don't know how that other person is going to take it. So um, I have this. My belief is, <laughs> is that when you say unkind words to somebody, it affects them. And when I say nice words to somebody, it has the potential to affect them as well. Mm -hmm. Both have the potential. What happens is how does the person receive them? How does the person see them? I also believe in heaven and hell. I believe in good and evil. And I know that the devil will use anything that he can to discourage and dishearten somebody. And mm -hmm. I don't ever want that to be me. Has it happened? Yes, I've said things sometimes, mm -hmm. and I immediately ask for forgiveness and try to move on. Yeah, and so I don't ever want to cause someone to stumble by the words that come out of my mouth, and so I would never ever participate in something like that. Now, <clears throat> you used a very key word there that we should talk about: forgiveness. <clears throat> you ask forgiveness because of what yeah. you've said, but I've found that there's an even more important level of forgiveness that we tend to ignore forgiving ourselves. Yes. Yes. So um, every morning I use essential oils. I use doTERRA because I believe they're the best. And I do go through a um, kind of a meditation process. And one of the oils that they have is called forgive. And so every morning I put that on my heart and I say, I forgive myself and I forgive others mm -hmm. because I have been forgiven. Mm -hmm. And since I have started doing that, I've seen a huge change and shift in my life. I also use an oil called passion because I live with passion. Mm. And since I've started bringing the all natural substances into my life, I've definitely seen a difference and a shift. Because first of all, I'm speaking words and words are create. And then I'm also using things that help and empower me, which is the declaration. And then an oil that can also help and assist. Hmm. Well, I can attest to the fact, as can my wife, the, the importance, <laughs> the essentialness of essential oils. <laughs> uh, they are very, they can be very powerful things. Uh, I mean, yeah. the studies have been shown uh, that um, uh, there is a very visceral response to certain fragrances, to certain mm -hmm. uh, aromas and smells and so forth. And um, <clears throat> I've heard it said that I think it's, for men, it's vanilla uh, that is, uh, is very, very, um, it, it, it evokes some very calming aspects. Lavender is mm -hmm. another one, and this is now in general for, for all people. Um, my wife was given this wonderful, um, now I was told, and it comes in this little glass vial with a roller on top. 
And um, in it, it's been infused with frankincense. Mm-hmm. And that is one of her favorite fragrances yes. is frankincense. Uh, it also Frankincense. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Frankincense is the king, as they refer to, the king of all oils. It is also one of the gifts that was given baby Jesus mm-hmm. when he was born. And it is the oil that has the most impact on our bodies in many, many different ways. It's kind of um, the ninja oil is kind of what I call it, because it knows what my body needs and it supplies many of those needs. Now we're talking about on a cellular level. I'm not talking about, I can take frankincense and never eat. I can take, you know, Mm -hmm. there's still (laughs) things that you have to do. They are essential oils and they supplement the other good things that we're doing in our lives. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just to me so fascinating. The, um, the different fragrances and, and aromas. I even think about this in the context, and I think I heard about this not too long ago, that um, there was an individual that I interviewed, a gentleman I interviewed, <clears throat> and as of our conversation, it was just yesterday <clears throat> that I interviewed this gentleman, and he chose to have his book printed on some of the finest paper. Yeah, it's going to make it a little more expensive, but that's fine. He wanted it to be a quality book. He also wanted it to have a particular aroma, Mm. like a bookstore or a library. Now, when was the last time that you were in a bookstore or library and remember that wonderful smell of the books? There's something about that Mm -hmm. that is so cool. I I still remember the, for me, the Phoenix Public Library. And I would go in there and it didn't matter which floor you were on, first, second, or third. And, but the, 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 it just, it wafted because the books, there were all these books. Mm -hmm. And it was the combination of the paper and the ink and the book covers, obviously, as well as everything else that was in the place. But, you know, what a, and it just evoked, I don't know if it, it, it made one smarter just to inhale that aroma or not by assimilation you're learning because of the of that um but but that was such a it's a it's a wonderful thing or around the holidays especially of thanksgiving and christmas and new year's and so forth and uh the cooking you know mm-hmm. you have the same kind of thing and then all of those memories start rolling in and the feelings the hopefully yeah. the wonderful feelings and so forth yeah. yeah we have over a trillion smell receptors it is our most impactful sense. So we can smell things that we could never taste, we could never experience without smell. And it also is a huge linker to experiences. So I'll smell something, just like you were saying, I smell something and it links me to a memory. And so one of the best ways to bring in, you know, if I want new experiences, if I want new things in my life, I bring in the oils and I smell them. You know, mm-hmm. you can diffuse them or you can just inhale them. And some of them you can put take internally, but it it absolutely anchors and helps me. So I diffuse oils all day in my office. Mm-hmm. I have oils that calm me. You know, I have oils that motivate me. I have oils that, you know, and so um, serenity is one of my favorites. Like I was saying, peace, mm-hmm. especially when I'm, um, I, I don't. 
because we don't travel as much anymore with speaking engagements, mm -hmm. I'm in my office a lot for personal mentoring um, interviews, just like now that we're doing and trainings that I do. And so I don't go out as much because when, and when I do, I've got to make sure that I stay calm because there's so much fear and anxiety that that gets on me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You know, I see it. You got to go shower. So I, yeah. <laughs> so I use serenity and on guard mm -hmm. on a daily basis to guard myself and to prevent some of those thoughts. And, you know, when, if you would have, if we, we would not have had this conversation five years ago, <laughs> Really, but I have grown and evolved, um, you know, and, and learned so much more, Yeah, you know, so. It's one of that's one of the aspects of our lives that does build character is is the experiences that we have. But mm -hmm. uh, it's like um, what you described at the front end of the program when I asked you about uh, uh, the, the whole aspect of bullying and how it builds character. <clears throat> when I train people to, uh, for example, uh, run our uh, the consoles where at the stations that I work at, mm -hmm. uh, first of all, when they, they have all this concern, this fear, this angst, I say, look, um, and most of them are, are of driving age. Well, all of them are of driving age. And I say, when you got behind the wheel of a vehicle for the very first time, how did you feel? And most of them, they were a little concerned. I was. I, I'm, I'm driving this half-ton vehicle. I could really hurt myself or somebody else out there. I, you know. But you have those concerns. I said, I, and I get that you have those concerns now. Now, thankfully, you won't hurt anybody if you crash this thing, okay? We'll just have dead air, maybe, something like that. <laughs> but um, after a while, as you went from one lesson to the next lesson to the next lesson, you got better and better. And, and now, you know, maybe you've driven cross country or you're, you know, whatever it is uh, that you've uh, progressed to. Well, you need to think of this in the same way. Yeah. And then the second aspect of it is, and I will never come in here. And I had this happen to me during uh, one training where the guy who was training me came in here and he just started messing with the buttons and the dials and the switches and the knobs. And I had to reset everything. I said, I'll never do that to you because in your experiences ahead using this console, you are going to have enough challenges. I don't need to create them now. Right. And I think that that's one of the things that uh, I think is a good point that you talk about is is getting yourself, getting your the, the tools that you need. Mm -hmm. uh, if we want to go to that level of saying, again, to protect oneself. Now, I you know, you talk about essential oils. I also know people who use other physical material things mm -hmm. like crystals and other mm -hmm. stones or uh, certain metals or certain colors, even uh, sounds, mm -hmm. whether it's uh, 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 singing bowls or certain music, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And, and now with uh, Audible, you might have a book that you are listening to read by someone that just, it comes through and you love it and you can't help but listen to it again and again because the, the, the narrator, the reader, is is really putting it out there and if it's the author who's doing it even better because you know that the author has a vested interest in this because it's his his or her book right so there's so many different 
ways that we can, and I, and I use the word again, uh, that we can protect ourselves. We can fortify. Because I look at this way, you have fortified yourself in that respect with uh, specifically with the essential oils. Would that be a good way to put it? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Because you can never kill the bully between your ears. You can only tame it. And I use all of the tools at my dispense, at my disposal to do that. Mindset is, a, is an everyday thing. It's not a destination. It's a each day I choose my mindset. And I have to train my mind and my body. You know, just like I had to train myself to eat when I was a baby. Just like I had to train myself to walk and tie my shoe and all the other things that I've learned. So many people think that, well, because I've learned those things, I should be able to start something new and do it perfect the first time. It's not possible. And so because they know that they are going to make a mistake, they so often don't even try. And then they even stop setting goals, which to me is so sad. So sad. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier, and, and this may very well have to do specifically with the pandemic, the rise in suicide. And that, to me, would be considered to be um, the ultimate bully, if you will, yeah. or at least the voices thereof, the messages. Right. Is there a way, let's just say there's an individual out there, doesn't have a partner yet, doesn't, you know, there are no kids involved as of yet. Is there any way that if they were to say, I want to start a family and they bring a child into this world that they can, I don't know, start a new trend of anti-bullying this individual to protect them from the bullies as well as protect them from even becoming a bully. Because again, on both sides, it's very, very subtle. It happens almost, almost as, as easily sometimes as breathing. Yeah. Some, so... I have this new child that I want to raise that is bullyproof. It starts with letting the child choose to appreciate who they are and where they've come from and letting them realize that life is a choice. And I live the consequences of my choices. And that's what's sometimes the most difficult is not allowing our children to choose because we're afraid of what they will choose or in not letting them suffer the consequences of what happens. Jeannie Sisko, I want to uh, tell you that uh, I am glad that you're back here. Jeannie Sisko Meth, uh, author of uh, the Bullyproof Yourself, uh, Bullyproofing You, I should say, and uh, going to her websites, which, by the way, we will be linked to your website so that people can find out more about you and, of course, get a copy of your book if they'd like. Is your book available yet in Audible? Um, no, it's not. We well, did a recording. I spent, I actually read it myself, and then we had some difficulties with the editing part of it. Ah. And so I'm going to have to redo it again, and I don't have the mad bandwidth right now. Ah. So I do have a unpublished audio book, um, but it's it's not very good yet. Well, how about we talk about that after the program? Okay. All right? Because that's something that I do, oh, is wonderful. produce audiobooks. And uh, who knows? Wonderful. Maybe there's a way we can take what you've done 
and put that together rather okay. than you re-record it. It depends upon on uh, what we'd be dealing with. But we can talk about that after the program. Um, because I find that, first of all, you you as the, the writer, the author of the book, narrating it or reading it is so much more impactful, as I was mentioning earlier. But you also have a an excellent voice for uh, reading your book or narrating your book. So uh, I think that it's, it's wonderful because... You'll be able to put the inflections right where they need to be because you wrote the book, <laughs> you wrote, so which is great. Uh, and I think, you. too, that listening, as I said before, when you get the right person uh, uh, delivering the material, uh, it's just like a, a casting director who chooses just the right cast members for whatever production that they're putting on, whether it be a, a theater or movie or television, uh, even a commercial. You know, there. Are, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I will never. I would not bash advertisers, but sometimes the actual advertiser, the owner of the company, is not the voice. Should not be the voice for right. the commercial. <laughs> there are sometimes. There are sometimes. Right. I've seen this and I've heard this. And it's like, all right. I appreciate your enthusiasm and your passion, but we really need to punch it up and get it going. And I, I try to. And sometimes I'll tell people, okay. I want you to yell at this at me. I want you to read the script, but I want you to yell it. And what's really funny is when they try to yell it, it just comes out louder, which is what I wanted in the first place. Mm -hmm. Their yelling is just a higher volume as opposed to actually yelling from across the room. Yeah. And sometimes you have to coach people to, to give it more passion, give it more energy, give it more volume kind of thing. Um, and then they are able to pull it out. But um, anyway, this is, uh, I think, a subject, this whole issue of bullying. It goes on in all sectors of our society and all around the world. Uh, and I mentioned many times already that this is a very subtle thing that happens. Do you see this uh, is, is one of the solutions? I mean, because if we're if we're in proximity to the bully, it's kind of hard unless you can literally turn around and walk the other direction, by the way. Uh, the picture behind me is of the cliffs of Inishmore, an island of the of the Aran Islands off of the west coast of Ireland. This picture was taken as I was sitting on a granite slab, hanging my feet over the edge of that cliff. Okay. Now I don't know what that tells people, but uh, it it might tell them that I'm a nut. <laughs> I was sitting on the edge of that thing, looking down at the Atlantic Ocean, crashing against the rocks below. And if I had made one wrong move, I'd be crashing against the rocks below. But I had no fear. But anyway, uh, when, when, when you, uh, if you could walk away from them, that's great. But when you're talking about the Internet and getting bullied on the Internet, isn't the best solution, if necessary, to shut your account down? I mean, just yeah. to, to get off. Right. Stop it. Get off. Turn it off. Walk away. You know, and, and replace it with your own good words. I was working with one of my clients this morning and she has a big decision to make. And she's like, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And I said, that's because you're telling yourself you're overwhelmed. Therefore you're overwhelmed. I said, change your story, change your life. And so I have to start telling myself, this person is speaking false. This person is lying. I believe something different. Mm -hmm. I believe that I am smart. I believe that I'm loved. I believe that I'm valuable. Now, 
what if one were to say that and uh, how can I put this? Um, let's just I, I'm just going to this is uh, an analogy. Let's say I say that, but I am none of those things. All right. But you are. Well, uh, but what I'm getting to is um, this is not a question of fake it till you make it. You have to know that you are loved and you are, you are loved and you are smart and you are all of the things you just listed mm -hmm. and hundreds and thousands of other things. Right. Um, that's where you have to come from. This is not a question of um, I will just keep saying it and, and it'll be because I already am. And that's right. where we have to come from. Yeah, well, repetition is the, is helps instill it, right? If I have decided to not like myself, that means that I have probably said those words to myself over and over and over again, which means I need to reprogram myself. And so I'm going to have to say it over and over again, or I need to just believe it. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that when I used to believe that I was stupid, now I'm trying to believe that I'm smart. I create cognitive dissidence, you know, mm. that smash up in the brain. Yeah. Which one do I choose? Mm -hmm. And so the sooner I can choose the new one and let go of the old one, the better. And so there's a whole section in my book about perspective and how I look at things. And so if I used to think I was smart, okay, what was my validation for that belief? What were the legs that held up that table? Now, it may be difficult at first, but it's very important that you look for new comparisons, mm. new references to support your new belief. When, when do we get to move from, I believe I'm smart, love, da, 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 to I know. Greg Braden talked to us about this when we discussed his book, uh, The Healing Power of Belief. He said that there will come a day when we will no longer believe. We will know. Is, is that a place that you have gotten to where you don't believe it anymore? You know it. You just know it. So there are times when I know it. There's no doubt in my mind. And then there are times when I'm like, seriously, what's happening? <laughs> right. And so for me, I have not arrived. You know, maybe, maybe that gentleman has arrived. I have not arrived. But there are moments when mm -hmm. I arrive. Mm -hmm. And there are moments when I don't. And so that's why I say it's this continual choice that I make every day. And it's listening to my thoughts and my words. What am I saying? What am I thinking? Is it the best possible or do I need to change it? When it comes to choices that we make, and <clears throat> in my book, Choices, Five Steps to Life, I talk about one of those steps is to... Um, uh, uh, you need to choose your personal input, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that primarily deals with the externals that come in through our senses. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk a little bit about uh, another voice I also mentioned earlier on in the program. And that is that still small voice, your, your intuition. Now, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's different from, the, and I'm going to use this term because people are still using this, and I think it's very appropriate. Um, but then there's the monkey mind. 
-hmm. the ego personality mind of those self-bullying thoughts, okay? Mm -hmm. Where do you see your intuition, that still small voice, helping you, supporting you in this effort to, what's the word? Do I want to say to quiet the monkey mind's uh, uh, self-doubt and all those things? Um, to quiet it, to manage it, to maintain it, to shut it off, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So in 2007, I made a very conscious decision to start listening to that still small voice because I believe it is the voice of God. And so as I started listening now at first, it was it was so quiet. It was difficult to hear, very easy to overcome. And so I had to listen. And if it told me to turn left on the way home, I turned left. Or if it told me to turn right, I turned right. But I started listening to it and doing what it said. So now, Mm. after all these years, that voice is stronger. But I still have the will to shut it off. For example, the other day, this was a couple months ago now, I had the thought to take a lady in my neighborhood flowers. And I was like, I don't have time for that. You know, and I negated it. And it kept coming. You need to take her flowers. You need to take her flowers. And finally, after a week, I'm like, okay, I need to take her flowers. (laughs) And I took her flowers. and, And she was so, it was she was overcome with emotion and she started crying and she told me a story that I am so grateful. I did not continue to put it off. Mm. I believe that was God interceding in, in her life and God uses people. So does the devil Mm. and he uses the devil. You know, I've listened to two people talk about how, They had planned suicide, they attempted suicide, and they lived. And I know there's more than that on YouTube and things like that, but I've spoken personally with two people. And as soon as the act was committed, but it didn't kill them, they had regret. Mm. I believe the devil was speaking to them all the way up until they did. It started with their own thoughts. They started thinking bad thoughts, and that was the door that opened to let malevolent things come in. Mm. And if I can stop it at the beginning, yeah. I don't have to have regret at the end. Yeah. What about uh, the perspective one might take about certain events in their life that they may regret? Uh, and changing the perspective of those events to say, look, if it weren't for all of the events in my life, including those which I regret, I wouldn't be who I am today. Right. Because if I remove those that I regret, I now become somebody different. Right. Right. So it's very easy to look at the difficult times in our life and think, man, I wish I hadn't gone through that. Mm -hmm. The very process of going through the difficult times makes me stronger. Mm -hmm. It makes me stronger physically, you know, mentally, emotionally, I grow or I can become crushed. The choice is mine. Again, we constantly come back to what are you choosing? 
And so I choose to look at my struggles and be grateful for them because I know that the Lord knows I can handle it. And he knows that it's exactly what I need to become the person I need to be for my next chapter in my life. Is there another book chapter coming up? Another book that you are writing, working on? Or is the yes. uh, bullyproofing <laughs> you uh, the ultimate, as, as it were? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's called Taming the Bully Between Your Ears. Uh-huh. And it is my journey through my life and how I tamed my bully so I could write my first book and do what I'm doing. And there are some very difficult things in that book. Um, There are some things that happened in my life that when I wrote about them and let my dad read it, he disowned me. Oh, my. And so we are in the process of rehashing that and mending that bridge and explaining to him that, that if what happened between him and I did not happen, I would not have been able to stand in the fire for my son. And so that experience absolutely grew me and strengthened me. And so it's it's a beautiful thing. So let me ask a difficult question. Have you or do you think you will ever reach a place where, because of what you just described, mm-hmm. in order to be able to stand in the fire for my son, that you could thank your father? Oh, I absolutely have. Okay. And and the problem was, was he read it. Um, so my book's gone through five edits. He read it when, when it went through the third edit. Okay. <laughs> you know, and and so I went back and and beefed that part of the story up even more to make sure that it really stood out, that mm-hmm. you could not miss it. And I told that dad, dad, if, if I had not gone through that with you, I would not have been there for my son. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful for that. And I thank you for that. What was his And that initial... is what's repairing our relationship. And what was, uh, what was his initial reaction to that comment from you? Well, at first he was like, well, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I said, hang on, stay with me, <laughs> stay with me. And I said, I know you're hurt. And I know that you're afraid that people are going to look at you like a monster or an idiot or that you made a mistake. I said, I don't believe that. I don't believe you made a mistake. I believe you strengthened me for this moment in time. Yeah. And he wasn't doing it intentionally. It was based upon the things he had gone through in his life, right? Right. Exactly. So he wasn't trying intentionally, consciously to no. hurt you. No. It's just, the, and, and it's like with, with, with most parents, they're doing the best they can with what they have been given right. in their right. lives. Yeah. yeah. And I believe intrinsically we are good. Now I know that there are few people who are not. Mm-hmm. But I believe <clears throat> that people are doing the best they can with where they're at yeah. and what they know. And if I can give them the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, wait, hang on. I interpret that differently. Yeah. What did you mean when you said? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So often we get offended or we get hurt instead of going, hang on. What does that word mean to you? For example, There was a time in my life when I was very, very low. I was a single parent. 
I had made $3,000 the entire year. So you can imagine trying to support my child on that kind of money. It was a high stress time in my life. And I was walking around downtown Salt Lake and I prayed to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, help me. I need help. And it started to rain. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? <laughs> so I went into a restaurant. Here's a D's family restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I kind of slogged back to the back table and I sat in the corner and my waitress came up and she says, what can I get you, hun? And I just kind of looked up at her and she <laughs> knew, she just knew. And she brought me out a hot roast beef sandwich, my favorite meal still to this day. And I said, I can't pay for this. And she tapped me on the hand. She said, it's okay. You'll pay it forward one day. And she says, it's going to be okay, hun. It's going to be okay. You've got this. Whatever it is, you're going to make it through. So from that day, the word hun and hot roast beef sandwiches <laughs> were my favorite. They meant so much yeah, to me. Yeah. So as a teacher, years later, I started calling my students hun. And I had one student who was devastated by it. And he went to the principal oh. and I, I was called into the principal's office. And he told me the story about how every time before he was abused by his sister, she would call him hun. Oh. Exact same word, totally different meanings. Mm. Wow. And so it's my responsibility <clears throat> as the listener and the communicator to make sure that my message is heard the way I want it to be heard. And so often in society, we don't take that kind of time. Wow. And you've been paying it forward ever since. Yes. And That's in fact, cool. if I could share one more story. Please, please do. <laughs> uh, my son and I were downtown and we have a homeless population in Salt Lake. And he walked up to this, this person and um, gave them some money. And I asked him, I said, Max, why are you doing that? And he said, Mom, you do it all the time. And I said, I didn't know you were watching. Wow. There's always somebody watching, even when you don't think. You know, we went, we went um, to JB's restaurant as a family at Christmas. And I went in and I asked the hostess, I said, hey, there's a couple of people out there. Please bring them in, feed them and give me the bill. Mm. You know, I do that. I do that frequently. Yeah. And, and I didn't know others were watching. But they are. Yeah. They are. Now, here's what's interesting about that act or those kinds of acts of kindness. It is said, uh, even in uh, the New Testament, it is said that we should do these things in secret, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, you do not make a big deal about it. Uh, right. And it's, I've even heard it uh, uh, put it this way, too. Uh, do it. As, you know, uh, uh, do it as if n no one is watching kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Do the right thing, yeah. even if even if or as if no one is watching. But as you yeah. say, somebody is always yeah. watching. And there's this immutable law of the universe. OK, <clears throat> and it's called I call it the law of exchange. There yeah. is always an equal and opposite exchange. Isaac, uh, Isaac Newton, Einstein said it best. 
For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. So the kindness that you show goes out and then comes back in, just like the tides, just like right. the surf, just like the sun rising and setting. That's the way it works. And there cannot be a giver if there isn't a receiver and vice exactly. versa. Exactly. And so we can be grateful givers and that's a beautiful thing yeah. but are you a grateful receiver right. oh no no you didn't have to get that for no thank you off oh, no <clears throat> do i return financial support uh through paypal uh to to the people who support what i'm doing well no not because it's very helpful but because they are giving out of their kindness, out of their love, out of their support for what we are doing here, what we're putting out. Right. So I take that and I put it back into what we're doing, <clears throat> stir it up and send it back out again. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the things that I've, this is something I find so fascinating. I don't know if you noticed this or not. You know, during the pandemic and specifically during the 2020 year when it started, mm -hmm. we saw the lines of people in line for food. Mm -hmm. But did anybody notice that these people who were in line for food, when they got up to the line, there was food? There was no shortage. Mm -hmm. Somehow, some way, somebody was able to bring this supply in right. to many of these places. Did some of them start to run short and then more came in? Sure. So what yeah. that says to me is there is always more than enough, isn't there? Right. Yes. It's, and I've, yes. I've, I've basically said that it is not the supply. It's the distribution. Yeah. That's where we have the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And when we, I mean, my goodness, when people are in need, boy, stuff comes out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful thing and a beautiful thing. Why doesn't that happen at other times? I don't know. But thank goodness. I mean, you saw restaurants cooking food and giving it to people. Mm -hmm. They were expending their time, their energy, their supply. Well, they couldn't do anything with their supply because, well, they were closed. They were shut down. Nobody could come in and, and have a meal. So they said, well, you know, if we can't, if we can't sell it, we don't want it to go bad. Let's give it away. Yeah. You know, and, and there's, that, there's that phrase I, I often hear. Who does that? Yeah. People who care. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful and, thing. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And I think we need more of it. And I've noticed on LinkedIn, sometimes somebody will put a video of somebody doing good. Oh, yeah. And then there seems to be a troll that says, stop, stop videoing it. Stop showing it to others. And I keep saying we need that. Yeah. There is so much negativity out there. We need something to counteract it. Yeah. And if it's staged or not, I don't care. It's an example of somebody being good that is coming into my body, coming into my sphere, and I am grateful for it. So please continue please. to post that. Yeah. Stop posting the stuff that doesn't belong there, the negative stuff, the, yeah. the other stuff that we just we've heard enough. OK, yeah. but I think one of my favorites on LinkedIn <clears throat> has been 
<clears throat> you see this gentleman, I, I, can't, I, I think it was a woman actually, uh, who is being helped with her walker and she's moving so slow. And this young man comes up and he helps her up these stone steps. It, like, it looks like it's in a park. But my favorite is the one where a gentleman, he sees this man who is just, just barely making it. I mean, little steps and little... He puts the man on his back and carries him up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is that is one of my favorites. The animal ones are nice too. They're cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but that that is what we need to be doing is we need to put yeah. some of these people on our backs. And carry them. We don't have to carry them the whole our whole lives. Right. Just yeah, a little distance so that they can then move we on. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. But would would you think would you think that that by doing something like that for a person, let's say specifically, lifting them up on your back and da 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 da, what does that do to them? Not just physiologically, but even emotionally and spiritually. I think there's a couple of things. One is if they are grateful for it, it lifts them and encourages them. If they start to depend on it, then they can be um, decreased. So it kind of depends. Now, the gentleman carrying the other gentleman up the stairs one time, beautiful. It helped him out. But if he starts to require it and depend on it, yeah, then that can come, become a problem. And so it just kind of depends because I know when I first started mentoring, you know, years ago, I was trying to carry my clients and it diminished the number of people I could help because I only have so much energy and so much time and so many things that I can do. As I started giving people back their power and saying, this is your responsibility. Here's some advice, but you've got to take the action. I can help many more people. Mm. And so sometimes we need to trust that the person will help, we are helping has the ability to do it themselves. Yeah. It is to me very exciting to think that uh, these are the kinds of things that we can do. And some of them are very simple. I mean, I'm sure you have seen maybe more than once uh, the movie Pay It Forward. Yes. Um, you know, and it's just it's just remarkable. And yet not to not to play the cynic per se, where were all of these people when this kid needed the help? You know, uh, you know, against this particular bully, because that's what it was. He was a bully, uh, you know. And again, uh, I don't want that to be the takeaway from the movie, but that is sort of a side issue. Where are you? So now that takes us to a new level here with this uh, conversation. Um, what is it that I am supposed to do? What should I do? What should I not do? Uh, what's the best plan? I almost said the plan of attack. <laughs> well, just leave it at plan. <laughs> For someone who sees or hears of uh, some of of bullying that's going on, even if it is on the internet. So my plan is to love the people, love the bully, and love the person being bullied, because if we can start with love, we can fix anything. 
And so it's not about attacking. It's not about anything. It's about lifting one person up and healing the pain for the other because hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people. So if somebody is bullying, it's because of the pain that they are in. And if somebody is being bullied, it's because they may not have the courage to stand up and say, hey, don't talk to me that way. Hmm. Or to just let it go and go, whatever, dude. Yeah. And so there's there's two sides to that story, and both are equally important. And is it is the uh, is the phrase that I've heard recently, <clears throat> especially regarding bullying? Um, if you see something, say something. Say something in the way that to them. Um, hey, you know, that's not cool. Sorry. You know, what can I do? How can I help? You know, um, asking a question diffuses a bullying situation. And it's a question of, hey, what time is it? Or, you know, where's, what's your favorite food? You have to ask a question that isn't, isn't expected. Mm -hmm. But we have been raised to answer questions. So when someone asks us a question, it causes us to think and answer it. Many bullies are reacting from their reptilian brain or their brainstem. It's totally reactionary habit because they're in pain and they're trying to survive. And so by asking a question that causes them to think, they normally stop bullying. Is it also true, I think and we've answered this question before on, other, on the other programs, that a bully is actually more afraid, more in fear than yeah. the person being bullied? Yeah, they're in the fight response. Hmm. They're in the fight response, and so they're trying to protect themselves. And I would love to continue this conversation another time. I'm actually out of time, and I have three minutes before my next appointment. All right. So, Well, I, I want to thank you. Jeannie Cisco meth for joining us and uh, for providing us information on uh, your website, of course, being uh, <clears throat> bullyproofyou.com. And uh, if I can do this very quickly in the short three minutes that we do have left, we have uh, those three questions that I like to ask. And I know you've been asked them two times before, but I, I think that the answers tend to change. So I'll get to them right away here. And they are, first of all, who is Jeannie Cisco meth? Jeannie Sisko Meth is a lover of the people and a forgiver of the th things that hurt her. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I hope to empower and uplift people so that they can live their best life yet. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Is to bring people to the Lord so that they can love one another. Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us. The law of love, I think, is the ultimate, and we need to live by that for all people. It isn't always easy, but it certainly is uh, beneficial, at least to us as individuals. So again, I thank you so much for sharing here on the program. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm Richard Dugan. This has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol. <laughs>